Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind. My name is Robert Lamb. And I'm Julie Douglas. Uh, Julie, when's the last time you had a hangover? Oh, um, definitely not this morning. Okay, good, good. Um, probably in the last six months. Last six months? Yeah, yeah. 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 I had one the first in a long time actually last weekend. Uh, oh really? Yeah, yeah. Sunday morning, which is not my usual thing. I can't remember the last time I actually had one cuz I'm generally not a a big uh drinker, but you know, occasionally you go to a party and somebody will ha- will provide the alcohol mm-hmm. and it's when they don't either either they're they're new to the idea of mixing up a large quantity of a drink and then Forcing it upon people, mm-hmm. um, or that, or they don't understand basic chemistry or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- that's when I encountered the disastrous effects. In this case, it was an overly strong margarita that had been mixed up for everybody. Oh yeah, it was like a Mexican Christmas party. It was a great party, but mm-hmm. but the margaritas were basically tequila and ice and some sugar, and and that was a bad situation. In in other cases, I've encountered, um, uh, you know, you go to a party and, mm-hmm. and someone will hand out Jello shots. And they won't even solidify that they're they're so poorly mixed, and and that is generally disastrous. Okay. Well, I have to say that the festive Mexican Christmas party, I feel kind of relieved. I thought you were doing keg stands or something. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Um, But we're definitely talking about this uh, today, this podcast, because what's coming up? New Year's, right? Yep. Yep. Lots of revelry, lots of debauchery. In fact, if you're Norwegian, maybe you even say that uh, it could lead to Vasergia. Oh yes, this is uh, one of the older terms for uh, for the hangover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it actually means uneasiness following debauchery. Do you think the um, the, the hangover movies are called Vaselgia over there? Because I, I feel like if I was told, "Hey, we're going to go see this movie Vaselgia," it sounds mm-hmm. like a really serious Norwegian, you know, black and white art film, and I would be like, "Ah, let's see that," and then I would I would be rather disappointed. But then you'd be like, there's a monkey in there. Oh, oh, such Dadaism, such yeah. surrealism. Well, the monkey, yeah, well, it would be used in a more surreal fashion, I imagine. That's right, yeah. But, but yeah, and so in this podcast, we are going to talk about the hangover, uh, the, the, the actual hangover. What, what's going on in it? What mm-hmm. you can do to prevent it to, well, I mean, the, the big thing you can do to prevent it, of course, is to, is to not, not drink. drink. Yeah. And, and hopefully too, as we discuss the, uh, uh, the wages of, of drinking, you will, um, you know, uh, we're definitely not encouraging you to do no, it. No, no. Uh, in fact, uh, if anything, this should, I mean, just reading over it and, and researching it, I'm like, man, maybe I shouldn't, you know, I should just skip everything. But well, we'll right, right. By the end of this podcast, you'll have a really good idea of, of why it's super creepy, actually. This hangover <laughs> process that happens to your body is basically like a big toxic spill that your body has to clean yeah. up. And then you'll also understand why you keep doing it. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll cover that. But first of all, let, let's talk about what this feels like. What's a hangover to you? Well, uh, I mean, there's a whole list of, of things uh, <laughs> that it feels like, a whole list of symptoms. And it depends. A, a lot of it depends on exactly how this chemical spill plays out inside mm-hmm. your body. Yeah. Uh, there are several different factors that contribute to it. But the symptoms generally fall out like this. Headache, obviously. Mm-hmm. And granted, that can range from a slight Headache and oh, I had a little bit much too much to drink last night. Headache to a my skull is about to fall in half. Headache. Yes. Poor sense of overall well-being. Mm-hmm. In other words, you just wake up and you just feel crappy. Mm-hmm. Sensitivity to light and sound. So you, know, you wake up. Was I bit by a vampire or did I just drink a lot? You don't know. Diarrhea. Loss of appetite. Yeah. Trembling. Uh, not good. Nausea, of course. Mm-hmm. Fatigue. Increased heart rate and blood pressure. 
dehydration, dry mouth, extreme thirst, dry eyes. And this is really key, as we'll discuss later on, this dehydration, yeah. because this has a lot to do with how you're feeling overall. Uh, trouble concentrating, which is an interesting one, because uh, I was I was looking around, um, and I couldn't find anything to back me up in this. So this is one of those cases where I'm, I might have to say, hey, readers, uh, listeners, rather, uh, if you have anything to add on this, I'd be interested to hear. Mm-hmm. I found that what are you going to th- lay down on this? Uh, I found that in the in the in the rare cases that I have been hungover, mm-hmm. there seems to be like a certain amount of hangover that is conducive to concentration on work. Mm-hmm. Like th- there's a certain yeah, amount of hang- like, and, well, and I'm not saying it's necessarily the hangover made made me smarter or more concentrated. Maybe it's part of like you're overcompensating for the fact that you you potentially screwed up your current, uh, your present. By mm-hmm. what you did in the past, so I don't, I don't know. know. I, I think that would be interesting to hear from other people. Uh, certainly, you could concentrate on TV watching. I'm sure a lot better. Mm-hmm. But if you're a parent like I am, and you if you do this foolish thing, you you have a hangover and you have a splitting headache. There's just yeah, concentrating is is not going to happen. Okay, uh, and then the other ones are anxiety, difficulty sleeping. And weakness. Yeah. I mean, muscle weakness, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, of course, it's just all these different factors of malaise uh, that happens. And what can actually exacerbate this, too, just keep in mind, is that if you drink on an empty stomach, mm-hmm. you, you could have a, a horrific uh, hangover the next day. If you have a lack of sleep, um, let's say you dance for four hours straight. And you, right. You and the lost- physical exertion is also a part of that, too. Yeah, physical exertion, you lost a lot of uh, the water content in your body, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, again, dehydration before drinking, and then the poor health, which kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. So if you've got the flu, it's probably not a good idea to go on a bender. Exactly, yeah. Don't compromise your body. Um, I, and I should also point out the whole, like, the, you're, you're weak, your muscles just don't have as much energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do remember one of the, the, the times I was hungover uh, in college. Um, I had to go into an acting class. And they were doing a lot of body work that day. Mm-hmm. And it was, and it was a lot of like, we're going to do some yoga stuff. And this was like a decade or so before, well, maybe not a decade, but a long time before I actually got into yoga. So it was just pure torture. The idea that we're going to do all these squats and, and down dogs and, uh, and all this. Yeah. It's interesting you bring up the acting classes because they do, they love, uh, all sorts of, uh, random, body warming up experiments. Yeah. I called them experiments because I had one teacher who loved Marcel Marceau. And so we oh, yes. mimed for like 20 <laughs> minutes to get warmed up. I'm not kidding. And then another teacher who uh, liked to play an album that's like a Chairman Mao. Um, <laughs> I guess it's supposed to be inspirational, uh, this record. And so we would ah, the, march in formation. The liberal infiltration of academia. Yeah, right there. Right there. Yeah. right there, folks. Um so yeah, and I'm just going to throw this out there. Maybe hangover yoga is a thing. Maybe somebody. Can, I'm can sure make that, that someone has created hangover yoga for sure. Okay, so let's uh, talk a little more about, uh, about yeah. What what's happens? Happening. What happens in your body? And um, I, you touched on this earlier, uh, and and you told us it was important, and it is. It's this thing called the diuretic effect, right? Yes. Alcohol sends your kidneys a message to send water directly to the bladder instead of reabsorbing it into the body. Okay, that's that's why when you have a beer. You know, 20 minutes later, you all of a sudden you have to go to the bathroom, right? Yeah, that's why, well, yeah, it just becomes a nonstop um, trip back and forth to pee. Yeah, that's yeah. why the longer the night goes on, the the harder it is to go use the bathroom at a bar in a reasonable amount of time, right? Because yeah. everybody's queued up. And it's why the floor in the men's room uh, at any given bar is like uh, an, an inch deep in urine. Yeah. yeah, there you yeah. go. Another great reason to go and <laughs> yeah. celebrate at your local pub uh, or bar. And this is called vasopressin inhibition. 
And this is really interesting. Alcohol causes four times as much liquid to be lost as gained. Yeah. uh, There are studies that show that drinking about 250 milliliters of an alcoholic beverage caused the body to expel 800 to 1,000 milliliters of water. Yeah. So there you go. Okay, so what's the the big result of this is that you feel like a sun-dried tomato the next day. Yeah. You are very dehydrated. That's the whole, That's the, you know, your eyes feel dry, your mouth feels mm-hmm. dry. It's all like that kind of sound, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, you, and, of course, your mouth feels like something died in it, too. Yeah. yeah. There's there's some smells that we're not going to go into because uh, we're going to talk more about the <laughs> how your body actually feels. The creepiest part is that your organs are responsible for giving you a head-splitting headache uh, because they essentially steal water from your brain, causing it to decrease in size and pull on the membranes that connect the brain to the skull, causing the pain. Yeah. So they're they're like, look, uh, there's a water shortage. Mm-hmm. Uh, us lower organs really need all the goods. Brain, you're just going to have to make do. You got us into this anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're <laughs> not going to think today anyway because yeah. you're hungover. So we're just going to go ahead and, and uh, shrink your brain here. Uh, also, because you've been a pee machine, again, thanks to that diuretic effect of alcohol, you've lost potassium, sodium, and glucose, which we know is a source of energy. Mm-hmm. And all of this can result in fatigue, nausea, and motor skills, prowess of, say, like a toddler. Well, what was that last part? That you could have the motor skills prowess of a toddler, oh, okay. essentially. Because, you know, you have you ever, you know... Woken up in the morning and, and a night of debauchery and said to yourself, oh, this is awful. You managed to get your head up off the pillow. And then you just start banging into door frames everywhere. Well, that's me all the time anyway. And not the debauchery part, but just waking up and stumbling over things. Uh, okay, yeah. well, made worse just, by alcohol. Well, yeah, yeah. It, I'm a klutz anyway. So, if, if, yeah, if, I was, uh, if I'm hungover, then God help me. Another thing you have to worry about when you uh, have alcohol is something called the congener effect. Mm-hmm. And uh, congeners are uh, byproducts of fermentation in some alcohols. Uh, you'll encounter these in generally red wines and dark liquors, such as your bourbons, your brandies, your whiskey, and ah, your tequila. These are just additional toxins mm-hmm. that can have uh, various effects on the body. Right. And, it, okay, the, the darker the alcohol, like rum mm-hmm. or red wine, the more congeners are in it. Right. So if you've got white wine or vodka, you're actually going to be imbibing less congeners, which is a good thing. In fact, uh, there was one study that said that 33% of those who drank an amount of bourbon relative to their body weight reported a severe hangover compared to 3% of those who drank the same amount of vodka. Not to say that clear liquor is, uh, is, a, is a path to salvation because no. <laughs> Everclear is, is pure looking as the driven snow, but everyone knows that it's brewed in the devil's bowels. So. Nicely put. Yeah. 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 Um, and then we know, of course, that mixing is a bad idea, right? Right. Yeah. Like they have all the sayings, right? Like beer before wine, go to bed fine. Wine before beer, nothing to fear. I may have, I'm, wait, no, I can't remember. One of them is bad, but I don't remember which. At any rate, they say don't mix. If, right. Right. If you're, if you're having a margarita, stick to margarita. If you're having red wine, stick to red wine. Yeah. Don't try and, uh, you know. And earn all your merit badges in one night. That's right, because all those merit badges come with different uh, points of toxicity, right? Right. So you're basically just creating a little toxicity cocktail for your body to try to clean up the next day. Mm-hmm. Also, it should be noted that uh, carbonation, in, such as uh, you know, in beers, ciders, um, etc., uh, these actually speed up the absorption of alcohol That's in right. the body. So yeah. think about that. Is it fizzing? Is it dark? I don't know. You yeah. Think twice, maybe. Because that's actually, it's going to give the body less time than usual to process the toxins. Right. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with beer in and of itself, but 
pounding it several per uh, hours, probably not a good idea because it actually takes your body one hour to process a drink like a beer, a glass of beer or a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what A.E. Hausman said about beer? What? He said beer's done more than Milton can to justify God's ways to man. I always like that one. He's, of course, re- uh, referring to Milton, who wrote right. Paradise Lost to justify the ways of God to man. So. Nice. That's just a little aside. Nice. I don't, I, I'm actually not a beer drinker, but I like that quote. You know, though, that, that makes me think about, uh, when we, I can't remember which podcast it was, but we talked about how coffee houses really helped to usher in the age of enlightenment because right. before <laughs> everyone was just drunk off their butts like 24 seven. Right. Cause beer was sometimes uh, more readily available than clean water. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, put a little caffeine in that and all of a sudden people perk up and the ideas start flowing. So, yeah. And also it was the, you know, it's an age like you don't like your current state. It's like, I don't really like where my mind's at. I want to change it. What should I do? Well, there's the beer option and then there's nothing. So I better go with the beer option. Now there are a lot more options. There's the, there's the upper and the downer. There's the coffee. There's the drink. People began to go more and more with the upper, with the coffee, especially That's in right. the AM. Yeah. So. And then, of course, we won't talk about it right now, but in a little bit, we'll talk about why you actually shouldn't mix your caffeine with your alcohol. Ah. Uh, but let's talk about something that is quite a menace. It is acetaldehyde. It's it's quite a booger, right? It's uh, it's created when the alcohol in the liver is broken down, and it's more toxic than alcohol itself. And usually the toxin is neutralized when it bonds to substances called glutathione and acetaldehyde dehydrogenase. Uh, but when large amounts of alcohol enter the system, the liver stores of glutathione quickly run out and causes acetaldehyde to build up in the body and linger for, for long periods of time. Okay, so that's why um, this is really important because you just have a finite store of basically these, these other little agents that come in and they're the cleanup crew and they whisk everything away. So the more alcohol you pour into that, the more you're going to deplete the cleanup agents and that's when you get into trouble because you've got the acetaldehyde just sitting there and storing up. So it also turns out that women have less stores of glutathione and acetaldehyde dehydrogenase, uh, which makes their hangovers worse because it takes longer for the body to break down the alcohol, in case anybody's wondering. I know sometimes people think that it has to do with body weight, and you know certainly that is a factor. But uh, the reason why women are essentially lightweights is because they don't have as much of that cleanup crew hanging out. In their liver. It's also worth noting that uh, cysteine. All oh, right, so, cysteine is actually hanging out with the glutathione and helps to clean up. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eggs contain a large amount of it. Yeah. So if you uh, the whole thing about have a big breakfast after you uh, you know had a night of drinking. Yeah. Um, it, there's some truth to that because I think you know big plate of eggs is going to have a lot of uh, cysteine in it. Right, and that will help kind of whisk it all out of your system. Um, but let's talk about this this last element, which is really important about what's happening inside your body. Glutamine rebound. Yes, this is basically the the idea that uh, that you've been you've been taking a depressant all night in the form of the alcohol, and then once you get home, you've stopped uh, drinking. You want to sleep, mm-hmm. but your body is now rebounding from all that depression. That's right. Uh, alcohol is inhibiting glutamine, which is one of the body's natural stimulants. So when the drinker stops drinking, the body tries to make up for the lost time by producing more glutamine. And the net net is that your brain is really busy trying to recalibrate your body and and therefore not resting during sleep. Right. It's kind of like the cat has been sleeping all day, all afternoon. Yeah. While you've been running around. Now you want to sleep, but now the cat is awake. And and this... (laughs) 
case the cat. Is the brain is yeah. the cat, and it wants to play yes. with a mouse right now. Um, but yeah, I mean that's what leads to tremors, anxiety, this uh, just general feeling of malaise, restlessness, mm-hmm. uh, and increased blood pressure, which is really important, I think, for people to understand if they've got some risk factors there. Right. And of course, we need to talk about poopy tubes. I'm oh, talking yes. about diarrhea. Yes. What's the uh, what's the rationale on this? Why should that have anything to do? With, like, because I mean, it, right. on, on, it seems on one level, it's like this shouldn't really concern you, intestines. This is uh, this is just between my uh, my my brain, mm-hmm. uh, my liver, and my bladder. Like you, you shouldn't even be a part of this discussion. Why are you butting in? Okay, because the stomach, the intestines are like, hey, help! I've been poisoned, <laughs> essentially, because the alcohol is absorbed through the stomach lining, and then those cells become irritated, right? Oh, and they okay. just want to get everything out. They're like, something is wrong here. Let's just clear it out. Yeah, let's just go ahead and dump it all out. Also, uh, alcohol promotes secretion of hydrochloric acid in the stomach, mm-hmm. um, eventually causing the nerves to send a message to the brain that the stomach's contents are hurting the body and must be expelled through. Vomit. Okay. Okay. So that's why sometimes people are clutching at the porcelain god. Yeah, and it's it's like when you uh, if you have any kind of like food poisoning situation, it's like the body's like something yeah. ain't working. Everybody out. Yeah. Out yeah. the front, out the back. <laughs> I don't care. Whichever is easiest. Find the nearest exit. You you were you were told to note it when you entered the plane. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to leave. That's why we're shutting this down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So th- those are some of the basics about what's happening. These awful things that are happening in your body. We're going to talk about the I'll never do that again syndrome, a.k.a. rose colored beer goggles. Rose colored beer goggles. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, now this is this is uh, easy uh, for anyone to imagine who's who certainly who's ever had a little too much to drink or even if you've just seen a TV show or a movie where someone has had too much to drink. Mm-hmm. There comes that 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 moment in the, the morning after where someone's head feels like it's splitting in half. Or their uh, their bodies evacuating at both ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, it's, they're in a horrible state, and they're clearly thinking, or you're clearly thinking, "I am never doing that again." You, because yeah, no matter yeah. how good it I felt last night at any given moment, it's not worth how I'm feeling now. Yeah, it's true. For for at least uh, an hour up to pr- possibly like I don't know days, weeks, months afterward, you may be uh, in this sort of shame spiral mm-hmm. of "I will never do that again." And I was a complete drunkenstein. Um, and <laughs> I, you know, it's, it, it just never will happen again. I, I will never behave in such a way. And then it happens again. And this is very common, right? Yeah. I mean, this, you can expand this out to anything humans do. Well, I mean, we always keep making the same mistakes. We never yeah. learn. And we are pretty bad at weighing long term effects versus instant gratification. Oh, yeah. Our Ulysses packed with ourselves is usually right. uh, null and void <laughs> when yeah. it comes to alcohol. But just to throw some stats at you, more than 75% of alcohol consumers have experienced a hangover at least once. 15% have one at least every month. And 25% of you crazy college students feel symptoms weekly. Wow. Which is not a big surprise. So again, obviously people keep coming back to the trough when it comes to alcohol. And why do they do it? Positive memory bias? That's right. Yeah. It turns out you are a very unreliable witness when it comes to you and drinking. Uh, the previous night's bender might have seemed far more entertaining than it actually was. And you overrate the experience so that it now has a positive memory bias. Right. Okay. Um, researcher Diane Logan wrote up her findings in a paper for the Journal of Addictive Behavior saying, quote, what goes on in some people's minds is, hey, I've learned my lesson. Things will be better next time. Suddenly they think, urinating on myself? It's not really that bad. <laughs> and it's already happened a couple of times, unquote. 
<laughs> um, and this is what we call cognitive dissonance, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then again, Logan says it's kind of where the brain is at battle with itself. So if I'm a good upstanding person, those bad behaviors from the night before just don't quite fit together. Either I have to change my view of myself, which is really important with cognitive dissonance, right? Mm-hmm. Or I have to change my view of the actual activity that occurred. So it's that shame spiral uh, we spoke of just ceases to exist because you can negate it by explaining away the events of your transgressions as saying, uh, for instance, like, oh, well, that's just the cultural norm. This happens, right? Mm-hmm. Peeing on yourself. It happens. <laughs> I don't know. That's actually I don't know how cultural norm that is. Well, I feel like it's more. I mean, it's going to happen, like you say, sooner or later, you're going to pee on yourself. There's no avoiding it. I kind of, I'm going to say, one, in one uh, circumstance or another, I was going to say, perhaps this is a gender difference. Oh, okay. I don't know. Um, so there you go. That's, that's why we keep coming back to the, the alcohol trough, or at least some of us do, even though we've had a horrible experience. Uh, you know, we might feel like we're dying the next day because we overrate the experience of when we actually had a buzz. Right. Yeah. All right. So this is what I want to know. Can you, you, Robert Lamb, can mm-hmm. you cure a hangover? Um, it depends what you mean by cure. Can I help it go away in time? Yes, because it will go away in time. Yeah. Um, but, but the, the key thing there is the time. There's a, there, there is unfortunately for, uh, for those that are hungover, uh, there, there's no real magic cure. Like, uh, uh one of the big things is water. Uh, both as a preventative yeah. and as a, uh, a treatment for the for the hangover. Okay, so uh, there's no no cure except for time. Time heals all wounds. Right, right, right. But you can be made more comfortable. Yes, yeah, and wa- water is key because as we discussed, dehydration is a huge part of this. Mm-hmm. So if you're drinking more water before and and during and after mm-hmm. you've had alcohol, you're going to be better off in the long run. I mean, it, it, this is the kind of thing that one's older brother or Friend is, you know, probably told you in the wee early um, days of your drinking, or your that, grandmother. Yeah, or your grandmother. You know, like have a have a glass of water between drinks. Mm-hmm. Or if you feel like the one I remember hearing uh, when I was younger was, um, but though at of a drinking age uh, was, if you finish drinking for the evening and you feel kind of weird, mm-hmm. you know, drink drink water, and then when you feel like you cannot drink any more water, mm-hmm. have another glass of water. Yeah, you know, because right. you're just going to be better off in the long run for your organs, for your brain, everything. Yeah, just remember your poor brain yes. is being robbed of water. So try to replenish that and you will probably won't have a hangover. Uh, but of course, that depends on how much you drink. There and, is actually some really important preventative stuff you can do, too. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, and I was surprised by this. Actually eating large fatty meals. Yeah. Uh, th- this is interesting because it's sometimes um, uh, mentioned as a cure. If it's like, oh, you're feeling hungover, better hit the fries. Go get some tater tots. This is not true the morning after. Right. Not not true the morning after, but as a preventative Mm -hmm. before, Mm -hmm. that's where it makes a difference. Right. You got to have that stuff already down there to soak it up. That's right. It it actually can slow the absorption of alcohol if you have a big fatty meal beforehand. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, hydrating beforehand is really important. In fact, for every drink, you should have one glass of water, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. Actually, you just mentioned that. Oh, and this was interesting too. Uh, so we hit, you know, all these different hangover solution pills, the sort of magic pills you can take mm-hmm. to supposedly help you with your hangover. Yeah. Um, some of those do actually have some vitamins that are help, helpful um, because you know, there are various uh, vitamins, nutritious things that are that are lost uh, during the, the, the night that you need to right. replenish. But for the most part, you'll find that these pills are saying like, all right, take one of these every two hours with like three glasses of water or something. Yeah. 
it's the water that's helping. It, that's the, the right. The pill is, is largely incidental. It's not a magic pill at right. all. Yeah. Um, but you know, of course, vitamins can help, right? Especially right. if the next day you are, you know, been robbed of your potassium. Um, yeah. Eat a banana. Yeah. Eat a banana. Yeah. yeah. So the next day, eat a banana, have some eggs, as you said. That's mm-hmm. cyst- uh, cystocine is actually going to clean things up pretty well for you. And, uh, you know, of course, water, water, water. What else do we have? Oh, sports drinks, because they actually contain the electrolytes and sugars and salts to help you yeah. rebalance and if you And if you were any of you were stupid enough to get yourself hung over, then you deserve to have to drink one of those horrible sports drinks. Consider it part of your punishment for what you did. Yeah. The orange sugar water tastes bad, sure, but you earned it. So <laughs> that's your out. prize. Yeah. Uh, hangover your drink and of shame. Some, you yeah. should, in fact, you should drink it in public. Go outside, walk uh-huh. around with it. Go throw that in a wine glass. Yeah. <laughs> See how sexy you feel then. Um, but and this is another important thing too. Uh, we mentioned it earlier. Caffeine, stay away from it because even though it will give you a lift, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty momentary, um, and fleeting and it will actually rob your body of more water, of course. And another uh, thing to keep in mind is, uh, because I- I'm thinking back to a professor I had in college, and he was a great professor. I'm not going to name him, but but he was a great professor. But I remember one of his classes, one of uh, my classmates was like, you should smell his coffee cup when you go. Uh, when you go. And I'm like, how am I going to smell his coffee cup? And it's like, trust me, you don't have to try very hard. And and his, his coffee cup like reeked of alcohol. Mm-hmm. So he's having some sort of morning combination of, of caffeine, but also the hair of the dog that bit him, right? And that's right. another kind of myth uh, when it comes to uh, fighting a hangover. You cannot drink it away. Right. All you're doing is accumulating more toxins in your right. liver for it to dump out. Yeah, and at best, you're just putting off the inevitable. You're just kicking that uh, drunken can down the street a yeah. little ways. Yeah, I yeah. like that. But maybe it'll get you through first period. I don't know. <laughs> right. Sometimes you just need to get through yeah. that first hour. Uh, again, not advocating this because it is awful. So you mentioned, quote, beer goggles earlier. Mm-hmm. Is that really a thing? It actually is. Yeah. 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 This is, uh, really interesting. We have an article called, There's a Mathematical Formula for the Beer Goggles Effect? Question, Question mark. mark. And, uh, neurons and the nucleus accumbens fire when you look at a face that you deem attractive. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's important to know. Alcohol by itself actually causes neurons to fire in the nucleus accumbens as well. So it is stimulated just a little bit more, right? Uh-huh. So the idea is that if you're drinking, and you're assessing someone's uh, attractiveness or whether or not you uh, feel like you want to talk to this person or so on and so forth, uh, you, you may have some overactivity in that area of your brain. Hmm. And studies have shown that inebriated study participants rated photos of strangers 25% more attractive than their sober counterparts did with the same photos. And then th- there's actually apparently a, a mathematical formula for this, this beer goggles effect and it takes into account the lighting level and the quality of the person's eyesight, you know, along with like four other factors. Uh-huh. Uh, so there you go. <laughs> Beer goggles does uh, exist for apparently for, for men and women. So there are a lot of false claims out there mm-hmm. about um, what can be done to cure a hangover, what can be done to to uh, to to soften its effects. Because because when you when you have a hangover, especially a severe one, you're, you're probably willing to to pay any amount of money for it to go away. Yeah. And um uh, one of the interesting things I ran across, and this is from several years back, I, and, uh, and I don't think it's really kicked off anymore. It hasn't really gained any more st- steam, but um, it was invented by uh, a businessman by the name of Dominique Similar, okay. and it was called AWOL, Alcohol Without Liquid. Um, hmm. Tell uh, me more. <laughs> which sounds a little like alcohol without borders or something. You know? Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, alcohol without liquid. And this is the idea that 
you would uh, you would take alcohol and you would you would turn it into an inhalable form. Mm-hmm. So you would go up to your to the bar, I guess, and they would hand you a like a blue velvet style gas. I was going to say, you know, yeah, you get the oxygen mask, and, and you would huff the alcohol. And and it was the, the marketing on this is that it's going to be like low carb, because you're not you're not it's not physical, so you can't possibly have any weight to it, mm-hmm. and it's you're not going to really get get much of a hangover. Do clowns from. show up? Does a woman carrying a, a log show up? Yes, at participating uh, uh, bars. Okay. Um, but but uh, the thing is, it turns out when scientists were asked about this, uh, and and when uh, when journalists actually like looked into the matter, mm-hmm. uh, most of this stuff wasn't true. Like the carb issue is is bunk, and the hangover issue is kind of tricky too, because we mentioned there's several reasons for a hangover to happen, mm-hmm. and a number of them are not going to really be affected. Uh, by by whether you're you're drinking it or inhaling it into yeah, your body. Yeah, it seems like if that were actually an effective mode of making someone drunk, that it would be piped into you know most retail areas. Mm-hmm. For instance, it may affect some of the conge- congeners mm-hmm. uh, in the alcohol. Uh, like we said, that you know find this specifically in like red wine and, and dark alcohols. Mm-hmm. But but that's not going to affect uh, the dehydration, the disruption of electrolyte branches, sleep patterns being uh, messed with. Uh, so. Yeah, it it turns out it's not really um, the pie in the sky thing that uh, that the people thought it was. Like I said, if it were, I'm pretty sure the Gap would be pumping it out, right? Yeah, drunk shopping. Now I mentioned earlier in the podcast how um, I couldn't really find anything to to tell me yay or nay on the whole uh, increased focus with hangovers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and which leads me to believe that I am full of it uh, on that, or, you know, or this just sort of a. <laughs> I think false for you, theory. this is just a, a unique. Uh, Situation. I have a feeling it's it, it's me overcompensating and being okay. like hangover ruining my morning. No, I'm gonna get some work done anyway. Fight through it. Yeah. Okay. But I did find something uh, I mentioned on uh, uh, Psychology Today uh, called the Hangover Hypothesis, and this uh, basically breaks down that a a night of moderate drinking, okay, moderate mm-hmm. plus a low carb breakfast can improve your mood and memory. Specifically, they mentioned uh, some research from the University of Wales that uh, showed that people uh, who fast and choose to skip breakfast after drinking alcohol the night before are less energetic, big surprise, uh, and have poor mood throughout the morning. And according to a study published in the Journal of Behavioral Neuroscience, individuals who consume more than 4.5 grams of alcohol the previous night, uh, it compounds the effects of both memory and happiness. So hmm. they're, they're sort of putting these together and they're making the argument that uh, moderate drinking, low-carb breakfast, improved memory. Uh, an improved mood. So I don't know. Yeah, of course, that's all up for interpretation. That's always the problem, right? Like one's, one man's moderate is, is another woman's uh, way too much. Yeah. And it's it's also worth some people can't have, have zero tolerance for alcohol on, yeah. on a biological level. I mean, I've known people before that they, they if they were to take, you know, more than a couple of sips, they would be really drunk right. or then violently. My Ill, mother, so. for instance. Yeah. 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 She starts breaking out into some sort of odd dance mm-hmm. uh and we're talking about a quarter cup of wine yeah it's and, entertaining for us though and then other people are just dangerous in that they they drink so much that you you're around them and you're it feels like you should be keeping up with them but they're a bottomless pit i don't know there you, you, you go know, your tolerance builds up over time but and then there are others who who pass out with a cheeseburger in their mouth Ugh. yeah i'm telling you these are the <laughs> these are the ugly pictures of alcohol and yet uh, we continue to to go to it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's built up in in culture, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, and and that's uh, speaking of culture. I should uh, I should mention that uh, you know we were, we were looking around, seeing if there's anything about the future of hangovers. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, most of what I found was just stuff about the next hangover movie, which 
which doesn't interest me. <laughs> right. And Mel Gibson. Right, right. right. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but I did find, uh, uh, I was reminded, rather, of, uh, of Ian M. Banks' culture uh, novels, mm-hmm. in which the, uh, the members of the culture are like a post-human uh, society. They're... Uh, they're, they're humans that have been highly, uh, that are highly evolved and then highly, their, their, their physiology is highly tinkered with. Mm-hmm. It's a post-singularity situation where robots do most of the works and, and, and human beings typically just do whatever they want. They engage in whatever arts. This or, is the benevolent version of the singularity. Right, right. Benevolent version of the singularity. The robots do most of the work. The humans come along for the ride for occasional humanitarian efforts, but mostly just do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so they'll, uh, they'll typically have, um, have drug glands in their bodies for hormonal levels, uh, chemical secretions of, uh, of various uppers and downers. Mm-hmm. And they also um, have the ability, and one of the characters does this in uh, uh, The Player of Games, uh, they can actually bypass their system if they're drinking something and they don't want to feel the effects of it. Mm-hmm. Or presumably if they're eating for purely um, hedonistic reasons and they don't want to actually digest it, mm-hmm. then they can just shoot it straight, uh, straight through. Wow. Well, maybe not straight so- through, but... But, Their own little vomitorium. Right, right. right. Which yeah. doesn't, didn't actually exist, by right. the way. Right. But we yeah. Used they, to, we used to think in Roman times there were vomitorium. Right. This would be the mythical idea of a vomitorium, uh-huh. um, uh, brought to fruition through, um, through post-humanism, uh, bodies. Well, yeah. and as we discussed in nano healthcare, surely there will be some sort of, uh, delivery system of at least nano aspirin to help alleviate some of the symptoms of our debauchery. Yes, in time, I could imagine like uh, nanotechnology uh, creating, if not a true hangover cure, then something uh, akin to it. Yeah. All right, you heard it here first, or maybe not. <laughs> in <laughs> any case, I uh, hope that that gives everybody a good sense of what's happening in your body during a hangover, and I hope that I'm not too loud if you are currently hungover and you are listening to me. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize. Well, hey, let's dip into the listener mail. <laughs> All right, thank Man, you. Man, that bot is hungover. Oh, what were you doing? Where were you? Where did you robots go? I know. Come on, robot male person. Yeah, I know it's Monday, but come on. Uh, so uh, let's see, what do we have here? Here's one from Esra. Uh, Esra writes in from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and says, uh, I was just listening to your misophonia episode, and I thought I would provide some insight from a sufferer. The sound I react to is munching or something sticky. The sound has to be below a certain volume, barely audible, for me at least, and I respond with a rage so deep I have sometimes thought only for a moment about killing my father. My specific case is very easy to deal with. Avoiding uh, my dad at breakfast seems to do quite well. I feel bad for those who react uh, to a more common noise, especially those with a uh, with a fight instinct. Uh, it really is quite a horrible affliction. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can actually, I can sort of understand. I'm not, uh, for me, I, I don't have misophonia, so obviously I don't respond so um, uh, passionately about that. But I can understand how certain things that are right underneath the, the radar, mm-hmm. that you just kind of hear them, are so distracting that your brain kind of goes, God, what is that? Yeah. Uh, however, I don't. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm just glad that Ezra is uh, avoiding his or her father. Yes, don't uh, don't actually murder anybody because yeah. of the sounds. Uh, yeah, and check out the, the Misophonia uh, podcast if you haven't heard it because we do uh, discuss various uh, ways of dealing with it. Uh, some of the best uh, are merely being aware of it and just yeah. and you know taking a step back and being like, "Whoa, I'm totally losing it over a sound. I should not get this mad and or kill my father uh, over the sound of his chewing." 
That's true. So, hey, if you have something you want to share with us, uh, you can find us on Facebook as Stuff to Blow the Mind. And you can also find us on Twitter. Uh, we are Blow the Mind on Twitter um, since we were limited you know, by characters. But Blow the Mind, Stuff to Blow the Mind, uh, you can find us uh, on either with either of those handles. And, uh, you know, interact with us, share stuff with us. Let us know what you think about hangovers. You do not have to share your most outlandish uh, hangover story. But if you have a science angle on it, or if you have a particular um, cure, or even if it's like a, a folk remedy that you've tried out, I would be uh, interested to, to hear how it failed. And if you do want to share it with us, but in a more private space. Yeah, or you know, want to withhold your name. Right. Feel free to send us an email at blowthemind at howstuffworks.com. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join House to Fork staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow.